Welcome to the FNO InsureTech Podcast, a place where movers and shakers from all points within the insurance ecosystem gather and discuss all things InsureTech. We talk about how technology and innovation are affecting and driving change in the industry. Here are your hosts, Lee Boyd and Rob Beller. Hey, Podcast World. Welcome to another Another. Not 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 just any, but another mm-hmm. wonderful edition of FNO InsureTech. I'm Rob Beller. He's Lee Boyd, also known as the Smart One. He's in Waco, Texas, still, still, still in still in Waco. Yeah, haven't moved. I'm in Sacramento, California, still. Been yeah. here for eleven years now. Yeah, you, you, but you both have better of, internet. But but both of my sons are in New York. I guess yeah. New York City is Brooklyn, New York City. It's a it's a. Borough it's a borough of New York. Yeah, they're all the boroughs, like Manhattan, Brooklyn. So yeah. Do they all make up New York City, or is Brooklyn yeah. its own city? I think it's its own city. I think it's its own thing, but it's a borough of New York City. I think the NYPD still oversees it. Can we get some of our po- some really smart audience to write us and tell us, is New- is Brooklyn a city? I think it's a city. Yeah, I think and it's a, a city, but it's in there. It's both. Yeah. It's like like there's probably a suburb in Sacramento that is still Sacramento, but it's its own little city. Yeah. It's like New York, New York. It's a city and a state. It's a borough. <laughs> Almost, but no. It's a borough and never mind. Yeah. Never mind. We digress. Yeah, yeah. We do digress. Is that a problem? Do you think that's problematic? It might be. Do you think that's a sign of a sick mind somehow? It might be. But Not you know what? You know what? As we digress, I want to say this is a this is a sad day for me. Wow. This would be I have been Lee. sitting in the same building for four years oh, okay. doing a podcast, and this yes, will be my have. last podcast in the <gasps> building that I'm at. I am transitioning. Why? I'm transitioning to a work at home. Wow, Lee, this is a big day. So, hey, yeah. hey, FNO audience, Lee, your co-host for four years. Yeah. And uh, my partner in crime for longer than that is saying goodbye to his office. I am. It's a it's a naked office now. Uh, all the walls are, are bare. The books are gone. But I have a nice little um, shanty at my home. That <laughs> <laughs> I, I have made I have made myself a spot that I'll, I'll be moving to. And we could call uh, it a shack. We could call it, you have a shack inside your garage. I have a shack in my garage made of wooden pallets and drapes. Mm-hmm. And, I love that uh, song. Love shack. Love. Yeah. That, that's yeah. a good one. Yeah. I think B-50, of the Flintstones. B-52s. No. I think of the Flintstones when they sang it. Um, I uh, digress. So, well, congratulations. Good luck yeah. with that. Yeah. It'll be great. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. A whole new chapter. I know you don't like change. I don't. I don't like change. I have the same routine. I always do the same thing. But this mm-hmm. is a good time to to break habits and see exciting uh, corners of my garage that I haven't seen in a while, and I'm very excited about it. Speaking of breaking habits, yeah, that leads right into our guest today. Okay, how so? It, I, I'm 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 thinking about that as I speak. I actually, yeah. I got, I got nothing. I was going, I was going for that with New York. That's what New York was. Yeah, but I, 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 I and you, you, you. T- you took me. You well, you needed, a, you needed a moment. If I was there, what about in Waco change? with you? I'd give you a hug. I'd hug you. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate the virtual hug. What about change and how sometimes in life 
there are changes that we need to be prepared for. Yeah, like you die. Like you die. That's a big one. Sometimes there's a change in life like you're dead. Yeah. Sometimes there's a change in life like somebody else is dead. Yeah. And like I'm sure many, 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 many people who listen to our podcast, they're worried. They, they're concerned. They think about if that was to happen to me, if I was yeah. to lose my life, would the people one. that stay behind, the people I leave behind, are they going to be taken care of financially? Mm-hmm. Or are they going to have a bridge financially or anything, right? Right. Yeah. I'm sure everyone listened here has had that thought. So that would lead them to the doorstep of somebody who sells... Life insurance. Oh, Lee. There's no getting What a complicated world life insurance is. Wouldn't what if there was a company who helped advisors understand and reduce the time for underwriting and get people insurance? Wouldn't that be awesome? So kind of a platform to supercharge them. Yes. Why don't we, why don't we start one? Uh, well, because we're too late. Oh, has somebody already done it? Someone's way in front of us. And that someone is Michael K. Yeah. We'll get his Not, full name in a little bit. <laughs> we'll get you his full name eventually. That's, that's Michael. And Michael is the CEO and co-founder of Modern Life. Yes. We are going to get to talk to Michael today about his story, about the founding story, what it is. It's a platform it, that works with advisors. He he decided that life insurance is too complicated and it takes too long to get. And he's finding ways using technology and relationships to get people the right policies that they need and using technology to get it quicker. And I, I, I this, this, podcast was a joy. It was a real pleasure to do for two reasons. One is the information, the story, the uh, the the anecdotes that he was able to share with us and also knowing that he was that he was sitting where my two kids live. Yeah. In New York. Right there in right there in New York. Right there one in of, New York. One the, of the, the boroughs. Yeah, but not we're not exactly sure. Oh, Soho. He was in Soho. Yeah. He was in the like city. Soho. Yeah. Lafayette Street, I think. Yeah, we, we need to get this figured out. We need to get the whole, is Brooklyn a city or is it a borough or is it both or what? It's, it's both. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm 92% sure. <laughs> okay. But while we do that, why yeah. don't we let our audience listen to this fascinating podcast? Beautiful idea. Beautiful. Always. That's what I love about you. Even though you're going to be working in a garage, mm-hmm. you always care about the customer. I do. So without further ado, let's get to our interview with Michael Kanyalian, co-founder and CEO at Modern Life. Hey, everybody. We are here with our special guest who's joining us today from... New York City. Oh, uh, exciting. exciting. The Big Apple. The Big Apple. The, uh, the, the city that never sleeps. Or is that Las Vegas? I don't know. No, I think it's New York. Is it? It's not is the it? Windy City. Okay. It's not the Windy City. And... We have with us today the co-founder and CEO of Modern Life, Michael Kanalian. How did I do, Michael? You did pretty well. Correct me. So it's Michael Kanalian. Con- Michael Kanalian. Uh, good job, Rob. Good job. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> and uh, just so you all know, we we tried to take some time because as as for those of you who listen to us regularly, know that both Lee and I are suffer from low IQ. And so we often, 
<laughs> struggle to say people's names. And um, today's no different. And so for, for that, we apologize. Well, we'll just call you Michael. How's that? Perfect. Okay. So um, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, life is a segment that we have covered a little, just not a, a little. lot. And uh, But in the little bit that we have covered it, both Lee and I have found it super fascinating and interesting and intriguing because it's like not talked about a lot, but kind of important to a lot of people. Did I get that right? I think that's dead on. Okay. So we're going to, we're going to blow that all out of the water today. And, um, first of all, let me say welcome, welcome to our podcast. Thank you. Really happy to be here. Uh, Michael intimidated us in the beginning by um, telling us that he's done like seven or eight podcasts. So he's a veteran of podcasting. He's a podcasting veteran. And so uh, even though we have a couple hundred that we've episodes that we've done, now Lee and I are really challenged. So if we ask these amazing questions that surprise you all that we're asking, it's because Michael has, you know, kind of, kind of, kind of helped us out. he, he, He laid down the gauntlet. For yeah. Us. So, Michael, welcome. Thanks for being here. And let's start by having you tell us what modern life is, what your job is there, and and so on and so forth. Yeah, super thrilled to be here and share more about what we've built. Uh, modern life is a technology-enabled brokerage focused on life insurance and other uh, financial protection products. You know, really one of the core insights we had is that it was just very challenging to um, buy and sell life insurance. So even through my own experience, you know, I have a family and when I set out to buy life insurance for them, was really just floored by how challenging it was to get things like in-person medical exams, um, you know, hour-long phone interviews where you go through every possible medical ailment. Um, you know, I had to fill out 50 pages of paper application forms and, you know, the whole process takes months, you know, even for someone like me, who's reasonably young, healthy, not buying a a ton of insurance and really just from my own personal experience with it, just felt that there should be a better way. (laughs) And in particular, one that can really leverage a lot of the I think advancements in you know financial technology um, that have come about in the last ten years and really build things that um, you know help bring what is a very important buying and selling experience, but on a more contemporary uh, technology stack and in a way that's just honestly easier um, easier for clients who are purchasing it for their families. And also one of the things that makes us unique, important for advisors, um, where this is their business or part of their business. And, you know, what I do at Modern Life, um, you know, as the uh, co-founder there is really obsess about advisors and, you know, what they need to be successful and in particular to meet the, you know, financial risk management needs of their clients and how do they understand you know, the products that are out there, how do they um, have conversations with their clients around, you know, what their clients' needs are, any specifics related to, you know, medical underwriting, um, you know, that can help direct them and help match them against, you know, the right 
carriers and insurance products um, that meet those needs, helping really facilitate and streamline the um, quoting application process and also helping, you know, advisors manage across their deal flow, help manage their practice, deal with all the errata like commissions and carrier contracting and, and all the different pieces that go into it because, you know, life insurance for being as important a thing as it is. And, you know, even though there's 500,000 financial professionals who distribute it every year, it's just an incredibly challenging thing to do even, even to this day. Yeah. Define, when you say advisors, narrow that down or define the category or categories that that's included in that. Yeah. Typically we'll include anyone who is a licensed life insurance agent. And we're fairly open on that definition. We typically like to focus on advisors that serve where life insurance is a material part of their practice. So like a financial advisor? So they could be a financial advisor. So, you know, could be someone that, you know, has a large practice in investment advice. And I think life insurance is a great dovetail to comprehensive financial planning, right? Thing four of every annual financial review is always going to be risk management and, um, you know, life insurance, estate planning. That's a big part of that. It also could be, you know, more focused life insurance advisors, and it could be uh, property and casualty advisors um, that mm-hmm. maybe have a lot of business owners or uh-huh. um, like an independent you know, agent. Yeah, an independent agent as well. So it, there's sort of different types of advisors yeah. um, that could use it. And actually, in many cases, the needs are fairly similar. Mm-hmm. Maybe the business mix might be different. You know, if I'm more life insurance oriented, I might do more complex cases, do more like big estate planning cases, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's maybe part of my practice, but not the focus, I might have more um, cut and dry, you know, business planning or uh, individual cases. So Modern is a platform that advisors can go on to, to not only find the product that they might need for their, for their client, but also find um, information and advice like, Hey, modern, I have this particular case. Here's the parameters of the case. And you guys can help them. You guys help them to create a plan for that customer, for that client. Exactly. Yep. And and, and really there's kind of three legs on the stool in terms of that offer. So first is the technology platform. So you can actually do this whole journey online where you understand your client's needs and underwriting parameters. They need a 20-year term, $500,000 term policy. Exactly. And then we'll, based on their unique health profile, be able to assess which carriers are most competitive, pull in real-time product details and rates, help bridge that to a digital application, and then help you manage that um, across the cycle. Mm -hmm. You know, we also have uh, a full service brokerage capability. So where you need expert advice, it's a more advanced strategy, a more complex underwrite, um, you know, help, helping you manage sort of the case across the application underwriting process. Mm-hmm. And then we also provide access to a leading panel of carriers. So mm-hmm. we have over 15 top carriers, you know, folks like um, Lincoln, Prudential, John Hancock. I saw AIG. Life, AIG, the, the, the major ones. Um, major Most players. of them are... They, top 15 carriers. They must love a company like yours. Yeah, I think there's been a lot of really great 
pull from our career partners. And I think that's due to a couple of reasons. I think one, carriers really appreciate the advisor channel, right? They, yeah, they, it's, it's a longstanding channel. They know the business. They like the business it tends to have better performance from like a loss performance and, uh, you know, persistency staying on the books. Um, and the second is that, you know, carriers really over the past five to 10 years have, you know, come to the belief that the world is changing sort of now <laughs> from a digital transformation. And, you know, what was in the past always something of the distant future now is something of the present future. Um, and our approach of, you know, combining a channel they know and like with the technological sophistication and, you know, sort of the way of problem solving of a venture-backed high-growth startup, um, that's really just been very appealing and, and sort of being on that leading edge of, of innovation for that channel. And so your, your founding story started because you were struggling to go through the process of buying life insurance. It was, it was, it was cumbersome. There were a lot of things you needed in it, but now we hear that you are, are changing that. So, so are you responsible for the underwriting? And if so, what are you doing? How are you capturing the information you need without going to the blood and urine and 50 page of application? Yeah, it's a great question. Right now we are the advisors you know, right-hand man. So we're your advocate. We are your uh, counselor when it comes to underwriting. Kind of support f support for the salesperson, if you will, exactly. for the direct exactly. salesperson. Okay. Exactly. And that takes a few different ways. So one thing we do through the technology platform is we help identify and direct advisors to accelerated underwriting experiences where they're available. You know, so the majority of our policies are written on an accelerated basis, meaning you don't need, you know, full um, medical exams and doctor statements and things that will cause policies to take months to get written. And, you know, we really think that's an underutilized uh, tool. Um, the, the second thing we do is we really collect structured inputs and in, in data of what are the um, medical factors that will cause carriers to come to different underwriting decisions. Um, so we can say, oh, well, you smoke cigars. Well, you know, for some carriers, they're going to give you a tobacco rating. Other carriers, they won't. So let's focus on the carriers that won't. Carriers have different comfort levels with things like cholesterol or blood pressure or family history. Um, and, you know, we'll help navigate those. Mm -hmm. um, and then for, you know, larger cases, you know, and certainly any case over, you know, $5,000 of premium, you know, we're going to really go deep in medical records and get, you know, we have, uh, get medical opinions and actually be able to really craft a narrative, um, around that, around that case to, to make sure that that advisor can get the most competitive offer and, and really, you know, in partnership with the advisor in partnership with the carrier underwriters really digest what's, what's the story, um, for that client's underwrite and make sure that we can get them the most competitive offer. And your platform helps identify all that. Like I smoked cigarettes, but I quit three years ago. Yeah, exactly. So we'll, we'll ask you what type of tobacco, when was the last time you had it? And we can kind of use all those factors, 
you know, and then have mapped that against different carrier appetite. So we can actually say for your specific profile, you know, as a, you know, person that lives in this state, that's this gender and this height and weight that has these factors, here's where we think you'll be able to get. Um, and then, you know, more data might come up in underwriting or it might not, right? And, um, you know, we can use that as a basis to um, certainly launch or, or bring that application further. And, you know, we think that by getting the right data up front and using that data and analytics to, to be able to underwrite, well, you're going to get the most competitive offer. So you're not going to have to like go back and check out another carrier and go through the whole process again. Um, and, you know, our real goal is to bring the process from one that takes months to weeks to minutes. So your goal is to have the channel that you're after is the advisor channel. You're not going to, we're not going to see modern life ads on, uh, CNN, right? We're, we're- not, not unless it's an advisor oriented show on CNN. So, okay. uh, <laughs> You know, that that's really, I think, one your of the distribution, your main distribution factors. is through them. And then your monetization comes from selling policies. Exactly. Yeah. So we you split you know, somehow we, with the with the exactly. With the so we, we provide very competitive commission rates to advisors who, um, you know, come onto our platform. There's no fee. There's no charge. There's no retainer. And, you know, all the breadth of the technology platform, the expert support, the access to carriers, all that comes for free. And, you know, we win when the advisor wins um, in terms of getting, uh, you know, sort of compensated for cases placed with carriers. I would think that your space would be somewhat competitive with other tech startups that are trying to achieve the same thing. Am I right or wrong about that? I mean, we, we, we haven't come across anyone else like you, but what, what's, what's it like out there? You know, I think there's been about a billion dollars of venture capital raised really around the direct-to-consumer market, Mm -hmm. um, which is largely focused on kind of more transactional term, you know, smaller face amounts, typically less than a million to $2 million of coverage, typically for those that are like younger or healthier, at least within the box um, as you were. And, you know... Almost all the investment has pretty much focused on that segment. There's been some others who've sort of expanded. And the next step is, okay, let's still focus on, you know, the smaller end of term products, but start marketing them through advisors. Some of these are dedicated companies. Some of these are companies that started direct to consumer and are either pivoting or trying to market to advisors. Um, But as far as we know, we're the only ones, um, you know, that have a truly techno- technology backing that are focused on, you know, 100% of the deal flow of, you know, sort of the the top advisors, you know, mm-hmm. those that have permanent products, um, you know, and we have a full panel of permanent products, you know, that includes Universal Life, um, yeah, Whole Life, uh, you know, right. we sell variable products, we sell a number of different um products because not every client need is the same, you know, term is a great need for many people, uh, including people like myself. It's not a, uh, the right need for others, right? If I'm doing right. a business succession plan, you know, you probably want a permanent product. <laughs> like, you know, if I'm doing an estate plan, you probably want a permanent product. So, you know, it's, it's really, um, we want to provide the full arsenal of tools for an advisor to have in their tool belt. Um, and sometimes they'll need to 
transactional term solution, um, but many times they won't. Um, yeah. And, you know, if you look at the life insurance market as a whole, you know, the considerable amount of premium dollars, the, the considerable majority, I would say, is sort of outside that bucket. I want to ask about the the, the founding, the, the startup. It looks like uh, you started this about two years ago. Is is that right? And That's so right. tell me about that journey. What is, you know, what what surprised you? What what came about that you thought, I'm sure in your head, you're like, we're going to do A and B and C and we're going to go to market and it's going to be awesome. Tell us a little bit about that journey. What, what, what surprised you? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we, we started the company a little under two years ago. And, you know, I had spent the previous few years at an insure tech in the property and casualty space called Cover Wallet. Mm-hmm. And, you know, through that experience, had a number um, of reps of building technology enabled brokerage businesses for different property and casualty markets, whether it be property or workers' compensation or professional liability, um, and in particular had focused a lot on building for advisors, um, you know, both when CoverWalt was still a startup and then after, um, you know, it was acquired by Aon, which is a large, large brokerage. Um, So had a lot of like domain experience from there and thought that life insurance would just be an extension, you know, of that of like, oh, I've, you know, gone from property insurance, uh, workers' compensation to professional liability. And all of those are a little different from the other one. And I thought this would be, you know, the next thing along the line. And I was kind of surprised by just how complex it was. Sort of knew that it would be complex, but, you know, I think there's so much complexity under the hood in life insurance product products. I think that's why advisors are intimidated in many cases, especially if it's not their primary product they distribute. You know, there's complexity in medical underwriting and understanding sort of, you know, medical nuances and how they might map to carrier appetite. I think there's complexity in how the products are actually structured, like trying to explain an indexed universal life product to someone and yeah oh there's a floor there's a cap there's an expected performance that's tied to the market you know it has this profile over this period of time and these guaranteed and non-guaranteed assumptions and then you know there's also complexity in how it's distributed right you know in property and casualty you typically get a straight offer right i want the risk or i don't from a carrier um in life insurance, there's many more requirements before you even get an offer. And then once you get an offer, it's, you know, there's sort of shades of gray, right? Um, And, you know, all of those things, I think, sort of made the experience just materially different than it was in property and casualty. On the flip side, though, there's sort of much more potential, you know, I think because it's harder to understand the product because it's harder to get offers from carriers. It's There's just more data uh, involved. Um, I actually think that's a huge opportunity for us to really distill and synthesize and make things um, accessible and easy, but still sophisticated um, for advisors. And, and we actually think there's like a huge potential to like unlock opportunity. And I think it's starting with the company, um, you know, very quickly, we realized, you know, that we would need to invest pretty significantly on both the technology and in building the brokerage expertise. And, you know, we've sort of built this feedback loop where, 
Um, you know, we build technology solutions. We test them out in the wild with advisors and the brokerage team. We collect their feedback and both are able to optimize what we've built and then understand the next thing to build. Um, and have been able to just run a lot of quick feedback cycles. Um, first with a small group of advisors and now with a, a considerably larger group of advisors um, as, as sort of the company's grown from, from, that, from their early inception. You identify life as an interesting areas area that there where there's a lot of friction, and you you go forward in it, and you must have it must have been like so surprising how complex it is, how nuanced it is, how many different forms shapes there are in the life product world. But you're a tech guy, and your co-founder's a tech guy. So how in the world did you get the information that you needed to know? I mean, did you go out and like kidnap? A life insurance salesman? Basically that. Um, you know, one of the better decisions we've made is, you know, one of the first um, people to join the team uh, was our head of distribution, uh, a gentleman named Dan Pearson. And, you know, Dan, I think among his qualities, one of the things he's really exceptional at is he has really deep brokerage expertise, but also gets how technology works and is able to sort of use both parts of his brain um, at the same time. You know, in his past, he had built a couple general agencies um, and then also uh, started a startup in the space, you know, sold one of the general agencies to Gallagher, you know, sold the startup to SBLI, which is the carrier in the space. Um, so just came really loaded with a lot of knowledge. And whereas my other co-founder, my, my co-founder, Jack um, Arenas, you know, came from FinTech, which I did too, um, you know, having that complement of the, you know, sort of deep technology experience with the like uh, real deep brokerage experience, I thought was was really powerful. And, you know, in particular, I think Dan has exceptional empathy um, for advisors and what they need and what's frustrating, what needs to work right every time. And, um, I think that that's been really valuable as we, you know, try to build technology solutions, as we try to build brokerage solutions, as we, you know, refine the panel of carriers we, we provide. Um, and, and since then, you know, we've been able to add on and layer additional, you know, depth on the brokerage team. And that's been, been really invaluable. When, when you've hit resistance in signing up brokers onto the platform, because it's there's not a monetary aspect to it, right? I mean, you provide; they say yes, you provide it. Why hesitate? Yeah. Um, Why would a broker hesitate? It's a great question. You know, life insurance is a 150 year old industry, and for the vast portion of that things didn't move all that quickly like sure carriers you know gain share loss share brokerages gain share loss share ledgers um, pencils yes but it's it's a relatively conservative um industry and you know every advisor has a brokerage partner typically in life insurance that they work with um certainly on the independent side um, to um, get deals done to taxes carriers, to get advice on products, to get tools and technology they need to um, to distribute, and you know everyone has a relationship. We're we're very much the new new guy in the block, um, but I think the specific timing of when we launched, we launched in the height of COVID, 
Um, and the world is changing faster now than it has at any point of the 150 year history of life insurance, right? Almost overnight, you know, in person, literally kitchen table conversations, you know, became Zoom meetings. Um, you know, these 50 pages of paper application forms became digital forms. Yeah. Um, underwriting that used to be done by, you know, poking you with a needle can now in many cases be done, you know, using your data um, and done on a predictive basis. And that world just changed very quickly. Um, and advisors are adapting to it as well. It, it hasn't been an easy transition for them. Um, it was hard enough the old way, right? And now you're um, you're changing things up. So really, the the biggest thing we're competing with is inertia. Um, and I think for us, it's both demonstrating that there can be a better, faster, easier way. Um, but then also, we think there's a huge opportunity to create a lot of net new business, right? By making it 50% easier, you're probably going to unlock 25% more opportunities. Right. Um, and, you know, that'll help advisors be able to expand their practices um, with actually probably less effort. Yeah, um, I wonder I, I, how I, everything be so streamlined. I wonder how many people abandon the search for life insurance. They start, it's like, oh man. A huge percentage. For, this is too complicated, forget it. I can't do it today? Oh no, no, no. Or it's hot yeah. today, it's a hot topic today, but tomorrow not so much. I mean, do right. you, is, is that part of what you're talking about? Well, on the client side, especially, it's yeah. always the ninth thing you have on your plate to do that week. Right. <laughs> right. And it's the last thing you want to think about. It's an awkward conversation with your spouse. Right. It's an awkward conversation with your advisor. Um, it's not a fun thing to buy. Right. Everyone knows they need it. Everyone yeah. knows they need it. But no one wants to think it's, you know, you don't want to think about mortality and I'm going to actually have to use it. So it exactly. is. It's the last thing. And if I need to like print out 50 pages of forms and, you know, hand sign it and scan it and upload mm -hmm. it and send it back to people or all those reasons, you know, chase not down to get signatures it. or call doctors. And it, it's you're adding friction to what is already a high friction process versus for us. You know, if you look at the modern life version of those experiences, you can typically do them on your phone. You know, we've been able to distill things, you know, where you're not repeating information multiple times across multiple things. It's right. really just streamlined. It's predictive. It's accelerated yeah. in most cases. And, you know, you're taking this experience that would otherwise take take months and, and bringing it down to something you could do on your phone in, you know, minutes. And maybe there's a follow-up that takes weeks. Have you found a way around the, the uh, you know, a nurse is going to come to your home. She's going to take your blood. She's going to, you know, take your blood pressure. Have you gotten around that? It's a great question. So we're working really closely with our carrier partners on basically solving this, this exact problem, which is how do we increase the fraction of uh, the population that needs this product to qualify for accelerated underwriting, meaning that where you don't need a medical exam and to really get to like as close to an instant decision as you can, um, where it's either instant or at least very fast. Um, and if you look five years ago, maybe 5% of deal yeah. flow went through that process, you know, today for most distributors is probably 25% for us. It's the majority of what we do. Really? Um, but we want to make it 90% of what, what we do. Wow. Really, We're 
you know, or as long as you're a standard risk, you don't have a very significant medical impairment where it makes sense to kick the tires. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to make it where you can, you know, push button, get quote, walk out with a policy, but one that's been really reflective where it's given carriers real data that they need to make competitive decisions. We're not just yeah. going to like, you know, stick our thumb up and underwrite and in insurance terms, you can do that if you charge 25% more, which is mind you what some, uh, intro text too. Right. Um, and, but we really want products that are priced competitively, meaning they're underwritten properly. Um, that is still able to be really distributed and in a streamlined way. Is there, is there a time in the future where you could use just like an Apple health to underwrite somebody? I mean, I look at my Apple health and it has everything, every workout I did, every calorie I burned, every yearly checkup I go to all my blood work. I think, I mean, you just plug into that right? Is, is, will that day come? Yeah, I think absolutely. Right. Where, you know, if you think of like a mosaic picture of someone and anything that you can have structured that you can like loop in, like, you know, mm-hmm. I live in New York city. I walk 10,000 steps a day. It's probably a good sign. Right. Right. But it's, there's more data than you think out there that can be utilized. And it's really, now just a process of working with um, the carriers to be able to ingest that data. I think electronic health records have come a long way. Yeah. Um, both in terms of like things that are structured that we can digest instantly or even things that we can just get delivered electronically very quickly, right? So if we can bring the time to get health records from three weeks to three days, that actually shaves off a lot of time on on the process. And, it does. You know, it does. Each, each friction point along the process, we've sort of figured, you know, or, or fixated on to be like, okay, how do we get this instant in many cases and where it's not instant, pretty fast. And if we do that over and over and over again on delivery, on underwriting, on collection of application inputs and collection of medical records, like if we just solve every one of those problems, ideally, you know, the considerable majority of people can just push button, get quote. And if you can't, maybe we just check a couple inputs, get back to you pretty fast. When people get a 20 year policy, do they tend to keep it for 20 years? Is that the tendency? You know, in the advisor channel, they do. Mm -hmm. Um, Where, you know, the price doesn't go up, you know, the... um, Like a 20 year term. Yeah, it, it, it typically you know, we've seen pretty high persistency rates for policies, certainly the ones that we've put on the books, but mm-hmm. in, in general across the advisor-driven business, mm-hmm. um, that's it's pretty high. It's probably less so on the direct side um, for yeah. a bunch of reasons, but, um, you know, it, it's typically not something you change your mind every year. Like you might, you know, an auto insurance policy where you might reshop it every couple of years. Yeah, you, you said know. it and, and, and forget about it with life insurance. Right. Yeah, maybe just a few times in, in someone's lifetime. Yeah, you might um, buy another policy and add to it, but you're not saying, oh, okay, I've spent enough on that one. Let's go find something else. Because you're, exactly. you know, you've already done it. What What is your average life insurance policy that you're selling? What's your average value? Yeah, you know, for us, it tends to be a bit um, higher. I assume a bit higher time. because it's advisor based. Yeah, so, so certainly it's a bit higher. We also do a lot of permanent life, which tends to be a little bit more expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll work to get the best value for that. But, you know, permanent life is not just an insurance product, like because it generates cash value, because it has sort of other uses in terms of um, liquidity and sort of cash value growth. It is a sort of hybrid insurance investment product. Yeah. Um, And because of that, it will 
cost a little bit more than a um, term policy, which is a pure insurance product. So those are you're, also you're, known as whole life is permanent life a synonym? Yeah, life? so whole life is one type of permanent life product. Yeah. So traditionally, before there was um, a more variety of products, there was only whole life. Nowadays, you know, variants of universal life are quite common. Um, that's probably the, the majority of permanent life today. Um, but but there's, you know, good uses for whole life too. Whole life has, you know, high, high amount, amounts of cash growth and guarantees typically. You know, every product in the in in the belt has a different purpose, right? Yep. And for someone that's probably valuing, uh, you know, sort of cost effectiveness and flexibility, universal life's better. For someone who's more conservative, wants something um, that they know is going to be around, like the Cadillac, whole life is still a great option. Yeah. The uh, um, so now that we have you and you're stuck with us. And we're your ninth podcast. I'm not going to get over that if you haven't noticed. The number yet. keeps on growing. I, think <laughs> I was going to say, I, I, think, I think I've done five. It's you, sort of yeah. the conversation at seven. Yeah, you've done five. four since you started. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you could do two at the same time. Yeah. You could. That, that I would mean, actually I mean, make how would anyone sense. know, right? Um, yeah. I so recorded this. You can overlay your questions. I'm interested in some of the horror, weird, strange stories. Okay. One of the things about being in your business must be you come across all kinds of strange, weird things like, like Lee and I work in property and casualty every day. Right. And that's like, you know, the dog bit you or the roof, you know, got damaged or, I mean, you know, it's, that's it every day. And, but, but you must have interesting stories. Now, of course, um, uh, confidentiality is super important in your business, but can you share, you, you got to share, there's two things I'm interested in. I'm interested in a big case. Like, what's a big case? Like somebody that's worth $3 billion. No, I, I don't know. I mean, like I once had a friend whose parents were very wealthy and we were talking about life insurance and I was telling him about a life insurance deal that I did for myself. This is years and years ago. And he said to me, oh, I don't have life insurance. I said, you, how could you not have life insurance? He says, my parents are worth so much money. I don't need a life insurance policy, which was kind of surprising to me, but it just goes to show you that there's so many, there's a, as many people as there are, there's that many cases. And so share, share some of those things if, yeah, if you can. It, it's a great question. You know, I, I think the one really interesting thing about this business is that everyone is unique when it comes to both their financial situation and their health profile. Like I am a financial snowflake and I am a health snowflake and you put those things together and, you know, the policy that's right for Michael is going to be different than the policy for Rob is different than the policy for Lee. Um, and certainly a big policy for us is, you know, much larger than typically things I would do in, in my past life. You know, a, a large policy for us is over a hundred thousand mm -hmm. dollars of premium, uh, mm -hmm. not death benefit. Um, you know, that's probably different than most others in, in this market. Um, but you know, without getting into details, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that happen, <laughs> you know, people, uh, and, and there's things that you discover sometimes too, uh, where, you know, people have, uh, life experiences and some people have done drugs in the past and that didn't go well and ended up in a hospital and you find out about it, you know, pretty, pretty late in the process. And uh, that's something you have to deal with. And, uh -huh. you know, maybe, um, 
uh, you know, sort of change, uh, change, change your uh, strategy a bit on, on how to get that person covered. So, you know, there's, there's always things that, um, come up and I will say one byproduct of this, cause you know, I'm, I myself am a licensed agent in life insurance and all, I have a sort of a private practice where, you know, as part of modern life, I'll serve usually like friends, family, other founders. Um, and you learn a lot about people you, <laughs> you, you talk I would to. Think, and, I would think and, so. And especially now, I think people are fairly open about it, um, which I think is generally a good thing. Um, yeah. But it and, touches and a very, very not. private areas of your life, right? Ingr- the things absolutely. that you don't talk about with almost anybody. Exactly. And, and I think, you know, really our goal has been to establish ourselves as, as a trusted counselor. Um, and, and to earn that relationship with our clients. So we, we look to earn that with our advisors. We, you know, um, really look to recruit advisors who, um, have those relationships with their clientele. And, um, we think trust and security, and that goes into like data privacy and all the things we care about as, you know, really big parts of, of making that real because, you know, people, people have histories and, and, and it's important to be truthful about them, um, actually, because in many cases, just knowing about it um, will help us get people really good offers quickly, right? Mm-hmm. Carriers don't like surprises. Mm-hmm. Advisors don't like surprises. So um, actually having that level of trust and candor is, is, I think, really important. So I own life insurance. Good job, Rob. Lee, you own life insurance, don't you, Lee? Many, yeah, many policies. See, that's that's so Lee Boyd. Well, my dad right. sold life insurance for forty years, so he so he forced you into it. No, he he had a you know he would buy them along the way, and now I get them. Oh, okay. I'm not sure how that works, but okay. I'm actually on my good, second one. Good. Father. I had one. I had one term policy for. Actually, I had a whole life policy for a while, but I let it lapse because I was broke for a little while. There's here we here we get into the transparency of your life. Right. Yeah. I had this whole policy. It was like accumulating value. Cash it was, value, it was awesome. Yeah. Right. And then divorce, psh, no money. I had to cash it out. And uh, which was kind of nice. But I've had two term a, policies. A benefit of a whole life. Yeah. Which is a benefit. Uh, you have the, and, the cash if you need it. And my last one was interesting because um, and and this is kind of just the last one of the last topics that I want to cover with you. So uh, the one before this was a 10 year policy, I think. Mm-hmm. And the time was, it was running out. There was like a year left or a year and a half. And I thought, you know what, maybe I should see about a new one now because I know the older you get, the harder it gets mm-hmm. or the more expensive it gets, maybe more accurately. And so, um, I, uh, I applied for a 20 year one and I got a 20 year policy at the highest rate, right? At whatever the whatever they call it, preferred, whatever. Oh, at a, at a premium. Good yeah. Preferred best. Yeah. And that's right. Preferred best. Good for you. And well, thank you, Lee. That's the, and that's my whole even, point is that even, I did that. No, that's not my point. Even with all, all of the drugs. My point is, is that it occurred to me afterwards that there's a bunch of smart people who think about this kind of stuff every day who think I'm going to live that long. Right. Because it's a bet. It's, it, it's just a different, it's a, uh, I'm sure that all life insurance is owned by casino uh, owners. I'm sure of it because it's a bet. And the bet is you're not going to die. Right. And I'm going to underwrite 
up to a, a certain barrier where I'm comfortable, you're not going to die. Right. Of course. Or I charge enough premium that it's okay. Well, but even then, you, I mean, you don't want to write a policy, I guess a permanent policy ultimately is going to, that's going to happen. I, I don't know, but, but yeah. I thought that that, I, that made me feel good. I was happy. I was You're like, happy wow, that someone I have a glide path for 20 years. This is cool. Right. I just hope that no one runs a stop sign. Well, good but, for you, Rob. And in many cases, you could even convert uh, that term policy to a permanent policy. So right, you can re-underwritten again. What am I? But I actually a- think it's a good incentive. Like, actually, sometimes what we say uh, to some clients, like if you're a smoker or you're um, at a weight where it's not affordable for you, yeah, there's ways to actually get cheaper life insurance, and that's actually through you know certain lifestyle habits. This isn't all the, always the case, certainly, um, but there are actually are uh, cases where people can take their own um, health in their own hands, and um, many. I did that. I did yeah, that. Some, some carriers will also have like programs. Well, they'll give you a non-smoker rate on the um, promise that you will quit smoking, yeah. uh-huh. <laughs> and they will test you in a year and test you in two years. And if they're not, they'll start charging you more. But if you do, then that it's really incredible. Like actually, what um, how how in tune the incentives are in many ways. So, is the market competitive? I mean, I mean, you have these major, huge. Uh, companies, insurers who are involved in life, right? I mean, State Farm's involved in life. Uh, AIG's, AIG is the biggest, the biggest, big of the biggest, uh, very involved in life. They must like life. They must like life insurance. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it is, a, I would say, a competitive market. Um, you know, there's certainly a number of like big name brand carriers. If you look at the Fortune 500, you know, a good good chunk of those are insurance companies, and probably half of those are life insurance companies. And, um, you know, from a carrier standpoint, they have a lot of data, right? And they, do. they have a lot of comfort with it. Certainly, as interest rates go up, it's actually better for life insurance, right? Because for all insurance, you get money up front, you pay it out over a longer arc of time. You know, in life insurance too, you're underwriting events that will happen 30 years in the future. So the the more you're able to invest that cash in the meantime, you know, the more competitive the products. So it actually, in a way, benefits from from higher interest rates as well. Um, and we think it's a great thing that there's a lot of competition. It's it's actually good for customers. If you look at sure. um, part sure. of the reason why, you know, your new policy may have been more cost effective is just carriers have gotten better at underwriting. And really what's happened over the last 20 years is it's gotten much cheaper, you know, for the same risk level score, for that 20 year term, you're probably paying, you know, half as much as you would have 25 years ago. And, and, and that's just great for consumers. And, you know, as part of that, from the very beginning, we, we really set off never to represent a product or a carrier. You know, we don't actually really view ourselves as a life insurance company, like brokerage, you know, we, we really, what do you view yourself as? Yeah, we're, we're a risk management platform. Like we really want to help advisors meet the financial risk management needs of their clients. And, okay. You know, I represent one person and and that's the advisor and, and through that advisor, their clients. And, you know, we don't, we very intentionally have never represented a carrier, never represented a product. Um, we're open as products innovate, as, you know, carriers get um, in and out of market and greater levels of competitiveness. Like we really want to provide, you know, the best support and offering to, to our advisors. 
we really appreciate you being with us and, and uh, you've endured our, our technology problems today and we appreciate uh, your patience. I just want to ask you before we go. So life insurance is an ecosystem, right? Of different pieces and parts and players. In five or 10 years, you must have some interesting ideas that haven't been fully vested yet of what modern life will be and become. Can you share any of that? Of Where is it going? Yeah, absolutely. I think for us, there's the, the very clear drumbeat of just continuing to build across the technology stack. And, you know, advisors have many things they need to do across giving advice, across managing applications, across um, managing their deal flow and systems. And there's, there's in tech speak, there's a lot of product surface area and we're, we're really busy, you know, chipping away at that and building really distinctive experiences. We also think there's a lot of opportunity to innovate on the insurance products and the delivery of underwriting um, and have some rich care conversations with, you know, carriers and other partners in, in how to make that real. And again, in the, in the same way that we don't necessarily view ourselves as a life insurance company, you know, life insurance very much is, is our core, but we think there's a number of products mm-hmm. um, that are good for advisors to have that, you know, they would love to, and we've heard demand for, um, to have within the same platform, within the same product and brokerage experience that, you know, we're, we're starting to expand um, around, you know, we recently launched um, long-term care, um, mm. both linked as a part of a life insurance policy and standalone, as well as disability insurance. Um, and again, all both of those came from just demand we had from from advisors to expand our product portfolio. But more products to your core customer. Exactly, my customer is not going to change. Not like a P, not like a guy who's selling or a person who's selling PNC as an example. Well, or, someone or, who, uh, that's yeah, not yeah, fair. Someone, that's someone not who's fair. selling both. Yeah. Um, yes. Could be my customer. Right. Um, very much so. Right. Okay. So you've done five podcasts, even though I know it's nine. I thought 13. So. Well, <laughs> yeah, it's 27. Yeah. He wants you to believe it. That's what he wants you to believe. So where do we rank? Okay. I, I think you're very clearly number one. This oh. is a lot of fun. Rock and roll. Yeah, okay. Rock and roll. Write okay, that down. Well, we're, our work is done here. Mark that time. Our work is done here. That's right. Let's another success story for FNO InsureTech, ladies and gentlemen. Um, what a pleasure to have you. Like I said at the beginning, we love life insurance. It's such, such an interesting area. We'd love to have you back on. There's so much more to cover, right? Including helping Lee and I get new policies. That's, That's right. right. Uh-huh. In fact, yeah, thank you so much, Ryan. We often ask uh, guests, you know, if they have swag that they could give us. But what your cool swag would be would be like a little life insurance policy. <laughs> you know, a little. It's the it's the gift Wouldn't that it? just keeps on giving. <laughs> okay. Well, thank uh, you. Thank you so much, Michael. Thank you so much for having me. This is a lot of fun. Loved Michael. Might not be. Might struggle with his last name, but you great did. guy. Yeah, I'm not even going to try. <laughs> a great guy. We didn't talk about a lot of his past, like uh-huh. with the State Department. Or, or oh yeah, I mean, we blew right. it. We McKinsey, did, we, did a, we did a poor Harvard, job. Princeton. We didn't yeah. talk about those Princeton. things. But, I, but all that stuff came out. I mean, we're talking about a super smart guy. You know who, who goes to Princeton? Not you or me. Smart people. Yeah, smart people. Smart. I had a friend named Ben. He went to Princeton. Mm-hmm. That's all I know about Princeton. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
Yeah. I had or a, I think didn't yeah. didn't Will Smith go there? Fresh Prince. Um, of a Bel-Air. beautiful mind guy went there. Oh yeah, he did. Mm-hmm. Not Russell Crowe, but well, who Russell Crowe played or taught there movie? or something? I don't know. We digress. The, we digress. We digress. <laughs> not for the first time. Not for uh, the first time. Um, in fact, we could call this FNO digression. Mm-hmm. Could be the new name mm-hmm. of we've our podcast. Di- we're, we've been digressing for the past four years. That's right. And uh, let us uh, digress again and thank Michael. Thank you, Michael. For being with us. He had to cancel once before because of a little kid problem, but but apparently it's all good. Wonderful man. Nice man. Great idea. Simple. And this is what I love. Simple, beautiful idea. It's a beautiful. Right? I mean, it's a beautiful this, mind. This is not highly complex. No, it takes a highly complex thing and he's trying to make it simple. Mm-hmm. And that's the neat. That's mm-hmm. the neat thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Al, our engineer, John Forbes Nash Jr., a beautiful oh, mind guy. That's that's, that's what it was. That's him. Uh-huh. He was, was a graduate a student. Show. He was a graduate student at Princeton. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyways, listen, thank you, Michael. Thank you. Catherine. Catherine at the PR company for bringing Michael to us. And thank all of you for once again putting up with us for all this time. And we'll finish by saying what we say pretty much every time that we can. Goodbye, everybody.